Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, has this ever happened to you? We're going to talk about the weather right now real quick. Oh, you know I love the weather. Warn our listeners. You want to know what the weather is going to be because you want to know if it's going to be sunny or not. What mm-hmm. What is the sky going to be? And then your mm-hmm. little weather app is like, it's going to be windy. And you're like, that's not my question. <laughs> I want it. I don't care about if it's... I want to know sky conditions first and then wind conditions, Right. I agree with you. Wind should be an icon you click. It shouldn't be the whole forecast. Exactly. It's kind of like humidity. Like sometimes I want to know the humidity. So there's like a little humidity thing and you click it and it tells you what it's going to be. But in general, humidity is not the forecast. It's like, you know, when you're about to go to an event and you ask somebody, what are you wearing to the event? Because you're trying to gauge like what Mm -hmm. the vibe is at the event. You want to know what they're wearing to the event. You don't want to know how they're doing their hair. You ask what they're wearing to the event. Right. Okay, good. I'm glad we agree on this. Very important issue. Obviously. Yeah, I was like, in Mendocino, it was like, it's going to be windy. And I was like, I don't care. I want to know if I can see the ocean. <laughs> right. Or is there going to be total cloud cover? Exactly. That That's different, you know? In, I just want to know. This week, we're joined by Kefri Riley, Kieran Deal, and Tian Tran to take on the following questions. What's the latest on the Texas case that could instantly make medication abortions illegal in all 50 states? What role do doulas play in their communities? Are you tired of making decisions? And who keeps giving the WeWork guy money? All this and more right now. All right, Alyssa, the news this week? Annoying. (laughs) It's just another week. It's just another week. It's annoying. You know, it's waiting room annoying, though. It's not you've received bad news annoying and now you have to deal with it annoying. It's like waiting and stewing to see how bad things are going to be or not. Um, so let's get started with one story that that kind of has us in purgatory. Um, there is a case right now that is being seen by a judge in Amarillo, Texas. Uh, and that is uh, the case of an anti-abortion group asking the the Food and Drug Administration's approval of medication abortions be pulled. Uh, the group that has filed the lawsuit, I mean, which we can acknowledge is bullshit, right? Bullshit. Like it's bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, the abortion pill I is mean, safer and- than Tylenol. It's safer than anything, and they're asking for an injunction, which sort of means that there's immediate harm, and the drug's been on the market for 20 years. <laughs> right. And if there's immediate harm to everyone in the entire country. It doesn't matter where you live. Right. If this just... they Okay, look. We, we talk about design flaws in the American system. This seems like a design flaw that a judge in a te- in Texas can... Make it so women, pregnant people, people who want to have abortions in California aren't able to? It's fucking wild. How does this make sense? Okay. um, So can we talk a little bit about what is uh, likely to happen? Who is this judge that is 
like deciding the case, should we be worried? This judge, we should be a little worried. We should be a little worried. Uh, judge Kesmerick, he's a Trump appointee. It's not great. Okay. Um, okay. But if he issues, so a couple of things we should know. If he issues an injunction in the case, the Department of Justice can immediately ask a higher court to pause or stay the injunction or narrow its reach. That outcome is not guaranteed given the the current conservative leaning of the judges who sit on the fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, weird things also happening in Virginia and North Carolina where the drug manufacturers are asking for injunctions to block state laws that make abortion pills unlawful or difficult to obtain. So, Aaron, this is all just confusing everybody about everything. It's like you can't you can't keep up with what's happening, even if it was your full time job. This reminds me of playing Magic the Gathering, where it's sort of like there's so many double, triple, triple reverse. I, OK, I, I can't play this game. How and also happen? people's How lives. Do you are do it? Yeah. People's lives are on the line and they shouldn't make a card that has that much power and that has trample and that can override. And I have played Magic the Gathering before. It is very fun, uh, but it's <laughs> confusing. Um, OK, uh, let's talk about actually. Hmm. Hmm. Let's let's skip the Michigan story for a second and let's get Kay. to it in a, in a bit because let's Kay. let's go doom and gloom. Oh, and then with with some upside. Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, the second doom and gloom story. Let's talk about what's happening in East Palestine, Ohio, uh, and it has to do with a train derailment and a strategic uh, plume of toxic materials that were released in order to get the trains running again. So can you tell us a little bit about what went down and why it's all so controversial and how many people could be affected by the decisions that were made? Okay, so let's get into it. This is a story that you and I have been talking about because it's like not been getting a ton of coverage a little bit now, but 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 really not enough uh, as is warranted. So on February 3rd, Norfolk Southern was running 150 cars from Madison, Illinois to Conway, Pennsylvania. When 38 of the cars derailed, a fire ensued, which damaged an additional 12 cars. The derailed cars were carrying chemicals and combustible materials, including vinyl chloride, a toxic flammable gas, which was released into the atmosphere during derailment. That was almost two Mm. weeks ago. Since then, the National Transportation Safety Board and the EPA have been on the scene. Things we are slowly learning. Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio was never notified that a toxic chemical was being transported through his state. Shortly after the derailment, about 2,000 residents of East Palestine were evacuated and schools were closed for a week. On February 8th, so a week ago, Five days after the derailment, evacuees were told they could return home after air quality samples measured below levels of concern. However, according Mm. to WKBN, the U.S. EPA sent a letter to Norfolk Southern claiming it failed to properly dispose of contaminated soil. Why does this matter, Aaron? Because per the EPA fact sheets for volatile organic chemicals, yes, I went down this rabbit hole, vinyl chloride (laughs) is expected. (laughs) Don't you worry. I found the fact sheet on volatile organic chemicals. Vinyl chloride is expected to be highly mobile in soil and may leach into groundwater. Many residents are saying there is no way they can eat anything from their gardens this summer. Additionally... 
The Ohio Department of Natural Resources reports about 3,500 fish and frogs have been found dead, and reports of dead chickens and other small animals are all over social media. Residents say they can smell chemicals in the air and have complained of headaches and feeling sick since the derailment. Governor DeWine is asking Congress to investigate what happened, and Aaron, little kicker, little kicker, found this one out. In 2017, who was president in 2017? Was that Donald Trump? Trump? I don't remember. 2017, in 2017, uh, regulations requiring braking system upgrades for trains carrying hazardous materials were rolled back. Hmm. hmm. You know, Alyssa, fuckery afoot indeed. There's something that makes me about this whole story. First of all, it makes me sick. Uh, it's so so dangerous. It, not only for the people who live in the town, who a lot of them are. Like, we're not going back. It does, we right. don't believe totally these people who say that it's safe to go back. Um, because when has, when has the government ever prioritized people's safety over capitalism humming along? Like, we, we should ask everyone in Flint, Michigan, how their drinking water is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, the, the people in East Palestine that are being directly impacted right now. I feel awful for them. But what's super scary about this beyond that is the proximity of East Palestine to the Ohio River Basin. Yep. Um, if exactly. these chemicals are, are able to leach into the Ohio River, I read somewhere that 25 million people get their water from Ohio River-based sources. Now, East Correct. Palestine is not necessarily, you know, runoff from East Palestine wouldn't necessarily affect people like upriver, you know. But what but, is downriver from East Palestine is Dayton. Yep. Cincinnati, a lot of people there. Um, I I just that that's it's awful and uh, it makes me very scared. But I also think you know back in December, we were about to have a rail worker strike that was yep. uh, declared illegal by our government, our current government, our current government that is run by people who you know pe you and I probably voted for. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, I, I get that you make the best decisions that you can, given the information you can at the moment that the decision needs to be made, and hindsight is twenty twenty. but there's a part of me that thinks that some of the things that railroad workers were concerned about, if they had been addressed, perhaps a derailment like this would be less likely to happen. I'm being very careful with my words. I don't want to say, you know, so, you know, anything caused the derailment, but let's just think holistically about the fact that maybe we should be more attuned to workers when they raise red flags along like safety concerns, just in yeah. general, just always. Fully agree. Um, okay. So, uh, uh, oh, can we talk really quick about Nikki Haley? I know this isn't in the outline, but I just- <laughs> Sure. She's running for president. Um, she's running for president. Did you listen to her announcement? I uh, I did. I did. I did listen to her announcement. She's clocking in around 1%. I mean, she's still got a long way to go, but just chill there with Mike Pompeo. <laughs> it's so funny because if you listen to her earlier speeches from her career, mm -hmm. she's so much more like a forceful attack dog from the like Sarah Palin school of like, guess what? Here I am, bitches. Like she's so much more. Um, and I'm not saying this in a way that's like sexist, like just observing. She just sounds a lot more like aggressive and strong and tough. When she tried to do the Sarah Palin uh, 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 
vehicle, whatever you might want to call her trick, where she's like, mm-hmm. you know, Sarah Palin did the lipstick and the bulldog thing. Well, Nikki mm-hmm. Haley was like, and I'm going to kick those door downs with high heels. And it's like, yeah, what? <laughs> like, okay. Just, okay, fine. That's cool. But you could have worn more sensible shoes. She was tepid. Yeah. So she was more forceful. You know what it sounded like, Alyssa? Hmm. It sounded like she was reading a storybook to children in the bombed out remains of a library that she burned down because they were hosting drag queen story time. That's what it that sounded was, like. That was a journey. And that is, uh, I think that is absolutely one of the most accurate <laughs> descriptions of what we witnessed. She was like, now listen. I mean, on the one hand, maybe she's the one person who can keep a narrative from now until, you know, the the election uh, and not have to pivot too many times. But also she's... She may, Aaron, this may be the only way to talk to some of the Republican Party, which is slowly and kindly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just making sure that they know um, that there's no possible way that America could be bad to people of color because this woman of color says that America has not personally been bad to her. So therefore, you know, whatever. Let's let's get rid of AP American African-American history. Um. So, yeah, I, I think I, I think we should do a whole show on this in the future. Like, what if the first female president is a Republican? Like, what what how do we handle we've that? We've been what if? saying this. We've been saying this for four seasons of the show. I don't think it's completely out of the question. Look, I mean, I, I don't I will not vote for Nikki Haley. And I kind of hate the whole like. Oh, here, I'm reading the vibes. And this is like what people do or don't want, whatever. I I kind of hate that being the complete driver of political coverage, especially at this point in the campaign. It's fucking 2023, guys. It is barely 2023. Just last week, you asked for a stay of execution until 2024. We cannot, we cannot be here right now. It's barely 2023. And the election happens when 2024 is almost over. Like, no, I, no. Um, but, But I do think that, you know, Nikki Haley is not somebody I would vote for ever for any reason. Um, but there's a lot of time between now and November of 2024. And so I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to talk more about like what it means when the people, quote unquote, breaking the glass ceiling are throwing the shards <laughs> down after them at all of the people who want to follow them. Uh, so anyway, we can talk more about that later. But uh, let's speaking of uh, good stuff, let's talk about good stuff. Michigan. What's going on in Michigan? On the heels of some very bad and tragic things, earlier this week, there was another mass shooting, this time at Michigan State, took the lives of three students and left five others in critical condition. What is Governor Whitmer's response to this? Aaron, we're so excited because Governor Whitmer actually narrowly flipped both chambers in Michigan, and she actually has the chance to pass some gun legislation. The gun policy proposals include uh, universal background checks, safe storage laws, and extreme risk protection orders, which are usually known as red flag laws. So we will see if Democrats Democrats can carry this across the finish line in Michigan. Well, hoping that some positive moves can come out of tragedy to minimize the chance of tragedy repeating itself again. Um, One final thing I want to offer a quick toast. Just one quick toast this week to Senator Dianne Feinstein, uh, who 
announced or somebody for her, some staffer of hers unbeknownst <laughs> to the senator announced on Tuesday that uh, she will not run for re-election in 2024 which is huge because California deserves somebody who can who can like give everything to serving them and we've got our like not to brag but our bench is stacked we've got such a great bench of potential senators in California I don't want the race to be like knocked down drag out because I I really do like the candidates that have been bandied about so far, and I don't know how I would choose in a in a, a Democratic primary. Barbara Lee, Katie Porter, and Adam Schiff, although I would probably, you know, probably be one of the ladies, but I wouldn't be <laughs> mad if it were Adam totally. Schiff. It would, it'd be fine if it were Adam Schiff, but I'm pr- I probably am going to vote for one of those ladies. Um, so, you know, cheers to Diane um, for cheers reading the writing on Diane. the wall that was written on the wall like five years ago. Um, but yeah. she read it finally, I think. So good. Toast. All right, Toast. let's take a quick break. When we come back, I have an interview that you are not going to want to miss. And welcome back. Our guest today is a doula and the founder and director at Frontline Doulas, a perinatal program connecting Black families with Black doulas based in Los Angeles County. Kefri Riley, welcome to Hysteria. Thank you, Erin. Pleasure to be here. Um, Kefri, do you remember the moment you decided you wanted to do birth work? Like what prompted you to become a doula? Yes, I remember that moment. Um, Absolutely. Um, It was the moment that my son was crowning as I was giving birth in the tub (laughs) at the birth center. Um, My son is 21 years old, and 21 years ago, as I was birthing him, um, my midwife knew that I came from a lineage of grandmother midwives, what is called the grand midwives or otherwise granny midwives, um, which are um, a lineage of black indigenous birth workers from the deep south. My dad's from Greenville, South Carolina, and he used to be the his, mid, his grandmother's midwife assistant. And so I grew up with stories around the grandmother and the sacredness of the grandmother and the teachings of the grandmother and her healing the community and catching all the babies and being the first black woman to have a phone because somebody had to call the midwife. And if you're the one birthing the whole community, they're going to put a phone in your house. And so this was, you know, in the turn of the century. My father was born in in 1924 and she was practicing way before that. And so I had always listened to these stories growing up. However, I think it was the moment of giving birth to my child when my father was holding the flashlight and all the family was gathered around like I was the hearth if you will. And um, that sacred flame got passed down as my son was born. And I realized, oh, okay, I'm supposed to do this. We're supposed to help the rest of humanity do this. Like it was quite a big calling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a a lot. It sounds like there was a lot going on all at the the same time. Um, I have, I have absolutely no memory of the, uh, the moment of crowning. I remember being like, everything was such a blur. I was so not, I was so just like everywhere. Um, how would you explain to a lay person what a doula does and how doulas impact public health? La doula is a professional perinatal support person. They're the person who gives you emotional support, physical support, informational support, um, you know, spiritual support, if that's what you're needing, advocacy. Um, they're there for your family. They're part of your ecosystem of care, I like to say. We surround you and empower you and activate you and 
just to care about you and your family's journey as you prepare for your birth, during your birth and after the birth. There's also postpartum doulas that support you in your birthing after in your recovery time, and also full spectrum doulas that support you in your fertility journey. If you choose to do a release of a pregnancy after miscarriage um, or stillbirth. So birth workers in general are here to support the entire reproductive journey. We're just not the medical providers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had a doula for my pregnancy. I gave birth in late 2021 and um, it was the most valuable thing that we involved in our, the most valuable choice we made was choosing to have a doula. And if I can just share with you really quickly, Kefri, um, when I was like eight weeks pregnant, this was like a wanted pregnancy planned, all, all that. When I was like eight weeks pregnant, I woke up and I had all of these like scary symptoms and I thought that I was losing the pregnancy. I hadn't even hired this doula yet, but we had a call scheduled that day and she, and I told her what was going on and she called me. I had not paid her a cent. I had not signed anything. And she like walked me through. It was like the most incredible relationship. And she and I are still friends. Like I, I feel as though um, the what a doula can be for a person giving birth is like incredible. And I, and I wish more people had access to it. Now, on, on that note, your organization offers its services for free. So why is financial accessibility so important for the community that Frontline Doulas serves? Well, when myself and co-founder Dr. Saida Pepper Wilson, we founded it several years ago now, and it was before, just before the pandemic, leading into the pandemic. And so, you know, when you're dealing with historically marginalized communities where there may not be the access that's typically given to those who are earning more money or have, you know, even know about what a doula is, um, and typically you know, that's not there for you. I mean, it's expensive. It's like a fancy luxury item, which it should not be. As I described mm-hmm. the, the heritage of grandmother midwives, that was community care that was accessible to all. But also what I'm describing is not to romanticize it. This is those grandmother midwives were operating in segregated conditions under um, the Jim Crow South. Um, and then they started getting overregulated and eventually were eradicated as hospitals, as births moved into the hospitals post-industrialization. So now you've got a community that's separated from its cultural inheritance, which is doula care, right? Just for lack of what funds or even, you know, this disconnect and disconnection from that knowledge. And so it's really important to restore and reclaim these cultural inheritances. And it shouldn't have to cost you anything to, to apply um, what really belongs to you, which is the, the the wealth that is passed on through our birthing traditions and being there for one another, um, for um, extension of family, of creating community in the village, and you know, to, to bring balance to where there's so much harm that's happening on birthing people right now. You know, especially in Black and marginalized communities, Black and Indigenous communities are the most harm is is present there in our maternal mortality rates and infant mortality rates. So, in order to bring some balance, these services ideally should be accessible to all with no cost. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk briefly on the point you raised of of. Uh, maternal mortality rates. How do doulas impact maternal mortality rates? Do access to doulas help to ease those terrible statistics? You know, I always like to tread carefully when we come to placing the um, burden of healing colonialism (laughs) or racism on instead of the actual system being responsible for its own reform. However, Mm -hmm. I never really expect a system to correct itself. 
And so in a way, doulas are disruptors and become agents for cultural competency in, in birth rooms and hospitals and birth centers, et cetera. Um, and, and so doula can help mitigate some of these outcomes by her presence alone, because the presence of a support person at birth is proven to lower intervention rates. This, this is evidence-based practice. A presence at somebody who's giving you education, advocacy, support, physical touch, you're just basically not alone, can change the birth outcomes drastically. So you're talking lower interventions, lower cesareans, increased breast or chest feeding, increased birth satisfaction, um, you know, lack of other medical interventions that may cause negative outcomes. So as long as you let doulas in these systems, uh, these hospital systems, um, then you're going to start to see a change in these outcomes. However, that romanticizes it again, like I spoke about Mm -hmm. a little bit earlier about us kind of projecting and putting a massive burden on the doula community. Whereas if we need to collaborate and work together with systems and um, with within um, healthcare navigation, so that way we can really give the clients the best care. Otherwise, you're kind of pushing against something that doesn't want to change. And I think if we're all working together and collaborating, um, then we're going to see better outcomes. Mm-hmm. So if a, you know, what advice would you have for uh, expecting mothers, people who are pregnant, who are looking to start a doula relationship, to hire a doula for their pregnancy and birth? What are some good first steps for somebody to take if they're looking for the right doula? Well, some good first steps to take when you're looking for a doula for your family is to check in with yourself and what it is that you really want for your birthing time. What type of individual would you like around you? What do you need? Are you looking for more education or advocacy? Are you just looking for a soothing presence? Um, Do you need somebody to help you navigate the healthcare system? Um, So find out what it is you're really looking for so that you can communicate that and your expectations to your doula. Um, You really want to check in with is it are they local to you? Um, do they do birth and postpartum work? What are their specialties? Many doulas have additional things that they do, like placenta encapsulation or massage, et cetera. So maybe there's some things that you're really looking for that would close the gaps in your care. Um, you want to look at their connections to the local community and how 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 they can resource you, you know, and is it culturally aligned with your family and um, how these things really can impact you means that you feel seen and you feel heard and, and you feel enveloped with a sense of care, as opposed to uh, when you're going into your medical provider's office, oftentimes, and not always, um, they don't have a lot of time for you. And so you want to make sure that the doula is able to give you your family time and is aligned with what your choices are and, and the birth that you wish to create. Um, so how can our listeners support doula organizations like yours in their own communities? Well, look for your local organizations and call them and ask them what they need. Typically, organizations need volunteers or donations or even staffing that can help raise funds and or connect to resources, et cetera. Um, I think that each organization has unique needs within the community. And so once you start doing your outreach and be active and how you can be an ally and can support the the community doula organizations, there's plenty of ways to help close the gap. As long as you um, can speak up and 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 hold the line, <laughs> um, <laughs> then it's going to be make an impact. Kefri Riley, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for the work that you do, listeners. We will put a link to Frontline Doulas in our show notes if you want to learn more, if you want to support them. Um, and again, thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you, Erin. Have a beautiful day. Yeah, you too.
As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Tired of boring workout gear? Check out Viore. Viore's versatile and comfy products are designed to look great in and outside the gym, whether you're running, training, or even just lying on your couch, enjoying the fact that your two-year-old child is leaving you alone for five blessed minutes. I love or, that for Viore. Is that, you know what? That seems like a real perk of Viore. <laughs> it is. It's perfect. It's cut perfectly for lying down and just savoring a moment to be left alone. It's great. <laughs> five <laughs> stars. No five, comment. 100% great. That's the type that's my favorite sport. The new the women's performance jogger is the softest jogger you'll ever own. Grab one of these new colors before they sell out and check out the women's daily legging which features a high waist drawstring tie and upgraded no slip fit. All things that are absolutely essential in a legging. Essential. Uh, I love these leggings. They are cuz you know like not everybody's the same. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like I need a little bit more room around my booty. So I size up a little bit, but then it's it's usually too big in my waist. And so now I just just pull that drawstring and I don't show show any crack when I bend over. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. See, you have your baby and I have my butt crack. (laughs) (laughs) For guys, there's the men's core short, the most comfy lined athletic short out there and the men's Sunday performance jogger. Oh my gosh, Alyssa, my brother, who I have given Viore performance gear to. Won an ultra marathon over the holidays. I saw that. That is so incredible. He ran 80 miles in the freezing cold. I don't think he was wearing his Viore core shorts because that would be dangerous. Dangerous. But, but he he loves wearing them to train, and uh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so pr- Viore played a role in his ultra marathon win. <laughs> Uh, plus, Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint and reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 onwards. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Hysteria is brought to you by ZocDoc. Do you love to treat yourself? Maybe I you do. buy fancy coffee. I know everybody does, right? Yeah, come on. It's called a dopamine infusion. We do what we can it. when we can. Exactly. Sometimes you just need a little special little treat to boost you to get through the day. If you treat yourself to the top options other places, why settle when finding a doctor? It's your health after all. Enter ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top-tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. So don't settle. Go for the best and find the right doctor for you. Erin, let me tell you, I'm so lucky ZocDoc heard that my dermatologist was not taking my insurance anymore. I found a new dermatologist in a half hour on ZocDoc. Takes my insurance not far away. Got an appointment right away. That's something that would take like a good half day of sweaty phone work. Yeah. In a pre-ZocDoc era. 
you're just prostrating yourself to the poor receptionists that answer the call, no. and you're like, no, you're, you're not calling. You're on hold. You're giving them information. They're asking you. They're they're framing their questions in ways that you don't quite understand because that's not how it's written on your insurance totally. card. Totally. My group number? I don't know. <laughs> I don't bin number. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Zocdoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash hysteria and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash hysteria. ZocDoc.com slash hysteria. And welcome back. Alyssa, I had an ironic problem today. What was that? I was trying to come up with what I was going to say at the beginning of this segment, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't decide. And the segment is on decision fatigue. Isn't it funny how that happens? I thought, how appropriate. the, The good Lord showing you the way. The good Lord is showing me the way. There's a new moon in Pisces. I'm feeling spacey. Um, (laughs) So let's just let's just bring the panel in. Let's just bring Mm -hmm. the panel in. So I shut up and stop saying stupid things. Okay, (laughs) our first panelist is back from London and not a moment too soon. Follow her on Instagram at shit from Kieran. It is Kieran Deal. Kieran, welcome back. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you, Alyssa. It's good to see you guys. It's good to see you guys again. You look great. You too. I'm glowing. I'm glowing. You the are British glowing. were very thank you so much. The British were very good to me. They were very good to me. I I I I I I was invited to Parliament and I had sold out shows and what? And I had like a West like a, a red carpet. Like my friend was like producing a red carpet like premiere on their oh Broadway, which is the West God. End. And she what? was like, Oh, can you come? And I was like, I I do they think I'm Aziz? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Oh man, uh, Kieran, I I would prefer you you not leave. I love that you're thriving over there, but it's been terrible for us back home. So, uh, yeah, I, did you? What are you going to do about these balloons? What are you going to do about these balloons? You know, um, I'm gonna just uh, toss that over to your next panelist. Uh, <laughs> in the name of in the name of the great uh, indecision episode. <laughs> um, our next panelist is, uh, speaking of, of people who have had a, a big, great time recently, our next panelist is back for season two of How I Met Your Father, which is out now on Ooh. Hulu. And LA listeners, she's going to do a live Married at First Sight show at the Elysian on February 26th. Tian Tran, I am coming to this. I am coming to this. This sounds so fun. <laughs> um, I can't wait to see you because it'll be the first time I've seen you in LA in like years. Years. So I'm very excited about that. And to answer Kieran's question about the balloons, I'm going to keep putting them up. Okay. I'm going to keep <laughs> sending was you? them up. Oh, good. They're great conversation starters, you know? It's like, but it's bad like for um, the environment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, have you ever been to somebody's house and they have one of those Jonathan Adler vases that look like boobs? It's like, 
Yes. A conversation starter that you're like, did we need to start this conversation? Yeah, you know what? I'll start sending them up in pairs so they look more like boobs up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine the Fox News coverage of them with like pixelated up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, this is the first time we've ever seen boobs. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time we've ever seen real boobs. Let's be, let's be honest. Um, okay. So I'm really excited to get into this topic. I think everybody was excited to get into this because this is a vibe, a wave, if you will, that we've all kind of been riding mentally. And that is the idea of decision fatigue. So our way into this conversation is, um, all inclusive resorts long thought of as sort of being a cheesy thing for people who kind of want to go on a cruise, but not get on a boat, you know, um, they're kind of making a comeback. They're making a comeback. And the reason they're making a comeback is because people don't want to have to make a million decisions when they're on vacation because decisions are exhausting. Kieran, do you agree that decision-making is exhausting? And do you see the appeal of the all-inclusive resort. Okay. So my aunt was talking about my mom and my aunt, they take a trip every year, right? When they're, cause she'll go visit London and they take a trip to a new place every year and they like plan this trip and they do this whole thing. And it's like a big adventure for them. But she was saying how many people that she knows, like, uh, just keep going to the same place every year because they don't have to make any decisions. They know mm -hmm. all the things and stuff about the place. I have a friend here in Los Angeles who goes to the Amalfi Coast every year, stays, stays in the same Airbnb. Now, the way I get around this, because I don't want to do all-inclusive all resorts, is I ask other people for their information and then I copy them. Uh, <laughs> so this is kind of like, you know, it's like when I was in London, I was like, oh, I want to go to Italy. And then somebody's like, go to Positano, go here, go here, do this, do this. You can do it like this. This is what I did. Did the same thing when I went to Cuba. This is a great workaround for a person who doesn't want to stay in the inclusive resort and yet doesn't want to like scour the internet mm. to make something that is quote unquote the best or like figure out something from like the canon of information we have available so that you can work with less information and be happy with the little that you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. that's a, that's a like very that. good overarching theory. You're welcome. You, You're welcome. I just really theory. helped everyone. You're welcome. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa, Alyssa, are you uh, are you in the same boat? What What are your thoughts here? You mean, am I going to all inclusive resorts? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm not. But I do like to go to remote resorts that are self contained, right? So, like, I don't want to do some all inclusive shit, but I do want to go someplace where I don't have to leave. Right. They'll pick you up at the airport. You don't you go there. You stay there. You don't have to leave. Any activity you want to do is there. Um, but I just like mostly don't want to eat from a buffet and I, I don't want a separate bill at the end. Here's the thing about all inclusives. They give you a bill at the end for how much alcohol you've consumed. I don't need that bullshit shaming at the end mm. of my vacation. <laughs> it's like, oh, your all inclusive may have been five fifty a night, but with alcohol, it was seven fifty a night. It's like, no, fuck you. Oh, our producer, Caroline, just urgent text to everybody in this podcast right now. It says, That's what's incorrect, incorrect now. Alcohol is apparently included in not whatever everywhere. Bacchanalian not, vacations. And not everywhere. What are you I love that the message is in all capital letters. <laughs> Alcohol <laughs> is included now. Okay. Urgent. <laughs> urgent. SOS. Hey, well, let me qualify, Caroline. Let me qualify for Caroline my response. My response is... When I have previously gone to all-inclusive all situations, 
that is what happened to me. That is my personal experience. I got a booze bill at the end of my time. <laughs> it still goes to the point that I want, uh, just FYI to everyone, Caroline just wrote fine in the text to me. It still goes to the All point capitals. that I like remote places where you don't have to make decisions, but it's not all-inclusive. Hmm. So you want to stay at the Dirty Dancing Resort just every yes. single time. Yes. Send me to, what was it, Bitterman's, Finnerman's? Kellerman's. Um, Kellerman's. 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 Yeah. Send me to Kellerman's. Send me to Kellerman's. Yeah. Okay. This is adjacent, though. This is adjacent. Like, you're really you're really negging the all-inclusive on a technicality. Okay. For, nah, not really. Hmm. They have too many people. I don't want that many people on vacation because <laughs> then your decision is how do how do I avoid these people? How do I avoid mm. all the people? So it's yeah. really just a it's a way of life for me that I don't really I'm not a part of. I, I'm not into it. So it's a no for me. OK, Tian, what are your you thoughts? know, I've never been to an all inclusive resort, so I don't have that. Ex have you been on a cruise? I've before? never been on a cruise. I don't know if I ever will be on a cruise. I feel like I'm I, I feel like I'm more land based, honestly. A supposedly <laughs> fun thing. It's a you could write an essay about not going on a cruise and call it a supposedly fun thing I'll never do. Maybe I'll just write an essay where I just dream up what I think people are doing on cruises, which to me is just like running to the bathroom all the time. Is that true? Like, is everyone just <laughs> shitting themselves on this cruise? That's what I imagine it's like. Um, I, to, to piggyback off of what Kieran said, I don't take friends itineraries, but I do find I'm, I'm planning a trip right now with my partner to go to Europe um, later this year. And it's been stressing. We can only, we've only done like an hour or two hours a night. We're like, let's like chip away at this little plan every night so it doesn't feel too overwhelming. What I do love is that the travel bloggers, like I found something that was like, Jerry travels Europe and he has an incredible itinerary on certain countries in, in Europe. So I, I also, I like the internet searching. I like seeing people who travel a lot and giving me like the little ins and outs of what to do and where to stay. So I'm okay with like not an all-inclusive. I want... I want to make the decisions. Can I just get in here real quick to answer a question of Caroline's? Okay, in a lot of these, alcohol is covered, but not premium, okay? It's like, if you like Jose Cuervo, you're going to learn to love Pepe Lopez at that, that all-inclusive adventure. So anyway, thank you so much. I've moved on. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you can pay extra for Top Shelf. Yeah, you can, then. That's not all-inclusive. <laughs> uh, back to Tien, who is land and air-based in air the balloons. <laughs> I'm land... Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I mean, I just, I'll try an all-inclusive soon. Should I? I don't know. Sell it to me. Apparently, I have Why? to pay extra for don't booze. Enjoy okay, yourself. So at a different time in my life, and by that, I mean when I was 20 and I had no prefrontal cortex. Um, I was uh. not, my brain was not fully developed. Uh, I was a child making child decisions. Erin, you had a soft spot in your 20s? Yeah, yeah. My fontanelle was still like. Um, no, Soft top I, of the head. No, we all, none of us are like fully, our brains are still mush at the front of our decision making parts of our brains are mush until we're like 25 years old. And I think we would all be better served to internalize that idea anyway. Um, but we're good at learning. So that's good. Good at learning, bad at making decisions. Um, so when I was 20, I went on spring break to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, over the protests of my mother and with the financing of my grandfather, uh, <laughs> which I now that I have a kid of my own, I'm like, I would be very mad at my 
in-laws or parents if they like went behind my back and like paid for my daughter to go on spring break in a place where I was like, don't go there. But we were in an all-inclusive resort and um, it was like fine. Like I just remember waking up in the morning and being like, well, I better have a pina colada. It's 10 a.m. I mean, I'm paying for an all-inclusive resort. Like I remember like having this mindset of like, I need to get my money's worth out of this place. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it was like, fine. The food wasn't great. The food is never, I mean, the reputation of all inclusive or all inclusive resorts is that the food isn't great. And I, I got to say that that bore out. But again, that was in like the, the Y2K okay. era. We were wearing our pants really low. Our jeans were whisk, whisker washed. Um, so things have probably changed <laughs> in the world of resorts as well. I've also gone on a cruise, which was more recent. Um, and a boyfriend of mine years back did a family cruise thing. And I got to say, um, it wasn't fun. Yeah. His fa- <laughs> his family doesn't like each other. And the vacation was just like, let's all be trapped on a boat together. Like it was just every, it was like every dinner ended with some kind of like tenseness or full-on argument. <laughs> Somebody would storm off. It was like very, very intense. Um, so no, I and I'm also like on the opposite end of the spectrum. I love making a lot of decisions when I'm on vacation. Um, I like being like, oh, where am I going to go for coffee today? Like, and I like doing my research and figuring it out. I like finding a place. I like feeling like the thrill of discovery. Um, But I also like other people's recommendations. The only problem is it's hard to find people who have the exact same sensibility that I have. Like, I wish there was some kind of app that combined like a dating app and like TripAdvisor, where it would show you recommendations from people who were like you, who like had preferences like your preferences. Aaron, this is a brilliant idea. Because like, yes. r- right? Because like you like you load up, you fire up TripAdvisor when you're rolling into a town and you don't know if the hotel that's rated the highest is rated the highest because a bunch of families stayed there with like their boisterous yeah. kids yeah, and, the, exactly. and the pool's really fun. And if that's not your style, that's not going to be a fun trip for you. At the same time, if it's like the highest rated place is like a romantic B&B and you've got like your two toddlers mm-hmm. with you and you get there and everyone is just like annoyed that you're ruining the vibe. It's... There needs to be some sort of like matchmaking component because I can't trust recommendations. Anyway, Kieran, you look like you want to jump this in. This is, okay, two things. Number one is get better friends. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two is that uh, is if you go to the place, you just get a place for one night. So you just get, get a place for the, so you just anchor into a place when you get there, because the second you get there, if you know anything in terms of like the basic landscape, you're going to be like, okay, I want to stay closer to that place. I want to stay closer to there. And then you can spend a little bit of time of looking with your eyes and making the decision off of looking with your eyes and being there in in human person, which I found to be wildly helpful. Because once you start to get the landscape, you're like, oh, okay, you know, this thing that would have cost me $450 on like, you know, if I had done it, booked it from here is now going to be $25 because I'm literally in the country. Because it's also a budget thing. I've never done the all-inclusive thing because it's yeah. a budget thing. Like, how can you travel, right, is, like, the question. The closest I've come to is, you know, my friend's wedding in Mexico where me and some poorer people stayed outside <laughs> of their all-inclusive resort. And then during the actual wedding meal, we all got explosive diarrhea. Chef's kiss to that. <laughs> Chef's kiss to that experience. Oh, Love no. that. And then another <laughs> wedding, which was, like, somebody else booked it. And when I go on somebody else's trip, I'm very good about being, like, 
I'm not going to stress yeah. out. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is your trip. I'm here for you. This is like your layup, whatever, you know? And they stayed in a very nice resort. That was very planned. Um, I was fine on that trip. I actually did not get any sort of illness. Yeah, but how are your other people movements? did. <laughs> I mean, generally questionable, okay. Okay. but... Um, <laughs> But on that trip, particularly awful, you know, um, hmm. but we, we, you know, and anyway, whatever. So that's, that's, that's what I would, those are some things I would offer. I will say that I think that there are moments in your life where you end up having to make a lot more decisions or like phases in life where you end up having to make a lot more decisions than you really bargained for. Like I was thinking mm. about decision fatigue beyond just traveling. And I was thinking about like the feeling of moving oh when you're packing God. your stuff up because that is just like. Tian, you recently kind of like fairly recently moved, yeah. right? It's like you're deciding like what to pack, what goes where, and by the end you're just like, here's Throwing like my things last, away. <laughs> yeah, my last six boxes are fuck it boxes where I just throw everything else that I can't figure out where to put it. I mean, Tian, you're, I mean, you're shaking well, your only head because like in the last ten years, I think like in the last ten years, my partner and I've collectively have probably moved like seven times. What? Like yes, yes. from like different Chicago apartments to New York to Rhode Island back to LA long distance we moved to Champagne and then we like moved to another home like we moved we have moved so many times if I see a moving box I think I'll panic but it is <laughs> you're like a dog seeing a suitcase yeah, just like, you're no, like no, no. Oh, no no don't take me on the plane do you do use movers or do you do it yourself? The thing is, is that I like packing my own stuff only because I like to see, like, I, I want to see where I'm putting everything. But then, yes, we now, I finally convinced her that we should hire movers. We did friends for a very long time, oh my God. which was like the most I stressful thing. And that's when you have friends. That that's when you make friends who have done CrossFit because <laughs> <laughs> I had one friend who did CrossFit and I think he like, moved our entire apartment into our truck in like an hour. And it was, it was amazing to watch. Oh my God. What a good friend. I know. An incredible friend. But like the thing about like the decision fatigue of anything is I feel like even if you have an itinerary and like a list or you're all pre-planned, like moving never gets better. Like I'm not, if we move again, I'm never going to be fully ready no matter how many times I've moved. So you're just going to be fatigued for the rest of your life is what I'm trying to say. I mean, Alyssa, you work, you have worked in roles throughout your professional life that have involved you having to like drill down on all these little decisions that like people literally pay to offload onto you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So do you, do you get decision <laughs> fatigue? Like how does, how does that work for you? So here's the thing. I used up all my decision-making capabilities before I turned 40. I was great at drilling. I can, I can assemble facts to make a decision faster than anybody you know. And I would do it. I Someone asked me once, and I was like, when I worked at the White House, I probably made 40 decisions a day. Like from the smallest – I'm talking small. No, Kieran's snapping no, at me. I'm snapping too. Let's be clear. I also, I mean, I oversaw who got what parking permits. Okay. Like I, I, I had a real breadth of responsibility. Those are major there. decisions though. And people uh, get believe real me, cranky Very about upset. That. Very. I had a long line of people wanting to come in and talk to me about their parking space. Throw um, the paper over or under. Was that you? Over, under, you name it, Kieran, you name it. And, mm -hmm. uh, and now I just, uh, I will, I can, 
if it's not a decision, okay, if it's a decision out the gate, I know yes or no, then of course it's easy. But anything that requires some thinking, I'm like, it's, I'll, that email could sit in my inbox for two weeks. <laughs> it could. Oh, that's so funny. That's honestly, I've noticed that. And I think that, you know, talking about different like moments in life that require too many decisions, moving, one, planning a wedding, also, by like, I in a way, I'm a little kind of glad that the pandemic made it so that I had a micro wedding and everything was outdoors and there's only like four decisions to make um, versus what we were planning, which is like 175 people. It was too, it, I was like so tired of it. And then having a kid, it's just like constant decisions. Like, right. I have gotten so cranky about making decisions that my husband will ask me these really innocuous questions like, what shoes do you want Juniper to wear today? And I will be like, you decide. I'm not going to be responsible if it's the wrong call. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want the buck to stop with me. You make a decision. Like, I, I, I want to not make decisions of like, what do you want for breakfast? I don't know. Put something in my face hole. I'll chew <laughs> and swallow and it'll be fine. Like, I'm not going to complain. Like, I am so tired of trying to make decisions. Like, we just bought an, a couch to accommodate the fact that I'm a Oh, can you send that to me? I need a couch. Sure. Oh. You see? It's the same system. It's the same Dude, system. See? Do you hear I this? Hear we it. sold <laughs> our old couch. We sold our own old couch. It was so hard to offload. We were like, who's going to take this old couch? But we we did end up selling it. Um, I can give you some recs. But it was like, a long process of making I feel a decision. So betrayed. I'm not over I'm this. So <laughs> I'm so like, wait, what? It's <laughs> you all were. Moving. It's all moving at a at a at warp speed. Well, you, you were had in a couch. London. You sold the couch. You didn't talk to me about the couch, and now you're gonna give me Rex. <laughs> you were in London. You were in London, living like a literal king. You yes. were in London, living so kingly, like a duchess, like, like, a duchess. Duchess. like, like somebody a duchess who, who was who had returned. They were like, this bitch is so cool. Let's have her be the next in line for the throne, but like oh, secretly. So good, Ryan. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Um, but anyway, I mean, decision making. I mean, even this week, Alyssa, when you and I were like trying to come up with what we were going to talk about on the show, I think both of us were like, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. That's what I say now. I go, I got nothing. I got nothing. I have no input, go with God. I'll get on board with whatever everybody else decides, which is not always true because then I'll be a shithead about it. But I will <laughs> say, just back to your other point, planning a wedding did break our decision-making capability. It's what was finally like, we can't do this. This is this is beyond our capability. And we didn't. We didn't have a wedding because it was just all the decisions were like, who cares? See, I like that. About how That's the problem. Who cares? When it comes to decisions where you're like, who fucking cares? This is crazy. I can't believe I have to decide this. That's when you lose me. Yeah. It's there's also the thing about you can like I just want to say you can outsource a lot of decision making. So like my very wealthy friends get like when they buy a house, they have a designer right, come in right, and design right. the house. Even the place mm -hmm. I was staying in London, stunning, stunning place. Do you know what I mean? Architect did it in in in, you know, conjunction with the designer. So you just have to say, it's like jazz. You're like, I like the idea of this. And then somebody else <laughs> comes in who's an expert in that area and makes 
those decisions. Same thing with childcare. Same thing with weddings. Like, yes, you still have to make some decisions, but when you have experts in their field, same things with styling or, or, yeah. or clothing yourself. Like, this is all very... So it's like, I'm only saying that because it's like when you look at like very rich... Like, sometimes you look like very, very wealthy people and it's like everything looks so perfect. Their house looks perfect and they're dressed immaculately. All that shit is just money and a bunch of professionals yeah. who like <laughs> who like are professional decision makers in that area. They have an Alyssa for every different part of their life. Pre-40 Alyssa. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's literally... God, I didn't realize that there was such a thing as a house manager, uh, which mm-hmm. is something that wealthy people do. I, I didn't know about this in, when I lived in New York and I learned about it in LA. I think it is maybe a thing that famous people do and now like regular people are starting to do it more. But it's basically like... Okay, in hetero relationships, a lot of times the woman carries the mental the load, cognitive which load. means yes, which is just it is. I mean, and it's it's true. Sorry, and it's, it's, fucking a, it's a new phrase I just learned. I just wanted to throw it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 really you know knowing where everything is, knowing how much of things we have, knowing where things are, lo- knowing like. And and it's really exhausting. And some rich people have gotten to the point where they're like, you know what? We're going to hire a woman to be the wife, basically, (laughs) like to to do wife shit. And uh, that way that like actual wife doesn't have to do the stuff that the husband just would never do, just straight up refuses to do from from jump. And that's something that I got to say, I think in our in my head, I have these like stupid expenditures that I would make if I got a stupid amount of money and hiring like a house manager is like the first thing I would do. Is it? I could never see that level. I could never see that level of control over my life. I don't think I could. I don't think I could either. I mean, I need what I want when I want it and I'll do that myself. Maybe someone who just like cleaned all the time. That might be nice. I like cleaning though. That's how, that's nope, one thing. Nope. How do I outsource my like emotional familial decisions? Because those are the ones that honestly <laughs> stress me out the most. Is there like a family psychic? Is there have like you, a, do you have a family psychic? manager? No, I don't have a psychic. It's called a psychic. Get gonna, the program. Okay, yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I have a lot of answers today. You do have a you lot do. of answers. You have, did they you all to- involve money here. Yeah. They get do. I learned a lot in get Britain. Get a house manager. Karen, did you see a psychic in London? I didn't, but I didn't need to. But I think that's the solution for your emotional problems. Like sometimes it's like, <laughs> I don't know what to do about this relationship. Yes. It's like, yeah, check the, check check the, stars. the stars. The other thing I can offer to people, this is actually very helpful. Chat GPT. Do you know about this? The new AI? You know about it? Have you what downloaded it? What scary thing it's- are you about to tell us? No, I saw it. I saw it on 60 Minutes. It looks scary. It's literally free and stunning. It's like a buddy of mine sent it to me and I was saying like, oh, I've just like started like doing social media again and it takes so long to like figure out blah, blah, blah. And then he literally typed in like, like female South Asian comedian, like kind of feminism, woke, whatever. And in four seconds, this fucking thing had planned a thing with like a bunch <laughs> of hashtags and shit and it wasn't accurate, but you know what? It was pretty good. Really? Okay. I was like, for your caption. started from somewhere. It was literally like, it was literally starting from somewhere. Do you know what I mean? He was like, he was like, plan my, I want to eat healthy and like eat like chicken and like Whole Foods 365 or whatever. And it's like, plan my meals for this week, spend under this amount. 
ChatGPT no, does the work. Do I know that this is. Mm -mm. I know that this is the path no. to the takeover. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think we should all take advantage no. of this as we get exhausted. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it's just, I'm just offering ideas, suggestions. It? I'm gonna download. I mean, I just haven't had an opportunity to download it because I've been so overwhelmed with other decisions and things <laughs> I've had to do. <laughs> oh man. So okay. So we're all talking about feeling exhausted by slash overwhelmed with decisions, like. How do you handle making decisions that kind of fall into the like, who fucking cares category, Alyssa? Do you like flip a coin? Do you set a timer and you're like, at the end of this, I'm making a decision and not looking back? Like, what do you do? You guys, I go back to something I heard Oprah say like 30 years ago, which is like, if you haven't decided something, like if you have something that's been on your to-do list three times, you need to look inward and be like, why is this still on my list? This is a me thing. It's not the thing on the list. This is a me thing. And so once it's once I am flipping the page to do a new to-do list, I'm like, you know what? Absolutely not. I am not carrying it over to the next week and I will do it right then and there. And it's usually something that's not super consequential and I just uh I just take care of it. Like what did I do the other day? Oh, you know what I did? <laughs> I had to take a survey. I had to do a census survey thing for my LLC. And I have been carrying this around. And I was like, you know what? No, nope. no, nope. we're not carrying this next to-do list. I'm going to sit here and do it right now. And so that's how I do it. It's literally about whether I'm going to turn a page and write it down again. Alyssa, Thank how you, do I Oprah? do that without looking inward? <laughs> so the I've already told you, the psychic. Tien. Jesus. Tien. When, I, when you look when you look inward, the thing you usually just see is a smidge of laziness yes. and procrastination. <laughs> so you're, I'm not, I'm not developing or discovering um, foibles in my personality. This is mostly about procrastination and laziness and avoidance of like maybe I have to give someone. Actually, it's not true. When I have to give bad news, I deliver it quickly. You don't want that sitting around. But um, yeah, you know. Anyway, that's it. Real fast, flip the page. There's also that thing about like you want to make, I think, sometimes the best decision, the yeah. quote unquote best decision. So, for instance, I need a new laptop. OK, but if I'm going to get a new and I need a new car, if I'm going to get a laptop and a car, I want the points on a credit card. But if I want the points on a credit card, I need to know which credit cards to get. OK, now I got to go find the credit cards to get. And then I have to get them in a short amount of time so that I don't ruin my credit score, but make sure that it's the right credit cards. So now I got to get the credit cards. Those have to come. And then I have to make the decision about which car to get and which computer to buy. Which the computer I've asked a I've asked a Gen Zer. He's told me what to do. Uh it's a very you remember that song from like elementary school, There's a Hole in My Bucket, Dear Liza, Dear there's Liza. Dear Liza, there's a hole in my bucket. Yes. I course. don't know it, but I probably wow. am living it. <laughs> You're not from the woods. It's a song about a man who's asking his wife to solve his problems. And every time she offers him a solution, he's like, no, but that has another problem. I can't do it until I do this. And she's like, okay, well then do this other thing. And it all like leads, it becomes a circular thing. Like there's a hole in the bucket, so patch it. But what do I patch it with? Well, use some straw, but the straw's oh. too long. Well, what do I, but I need to, I need to cut the straw. And it like comes back to the fact that he needs the bucket to be plugged. In anyway, I feel like a lot of decisions. I think that song made me gay. <laughs> <laughs> I think me too. Me too. I've only heard about it now, but my God, revelations. More decisions happening right here, right now, on the pod.
But I do feel like, you know, just an example, like us getting a new couch. There were like all of these things that needed to happen before we got a new couch. And it was like, well, we need to move some furniture around. But before we move furniture around, we need to have somebody come out and take this earthquake like proof like thing. You know, we earthquake proof our furniture because we live in earthquake land. Um, you have to take that off the wall. We need a professional mm-hmm. to do it so you don't ruin the wall. But the person can only do it in a week and a half. And in a, so it just became this like kind of domino of things that needed to happen. And so it was like, well, I'm not going to do any of it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to do any of it. I have decided though, that when it comes to decisions that I don't want to make, like do some, if, if the decision is do something or don't do something, if I'm feeling ambivalent, the the correct answer is don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. a- don't act, always overact. And maybe that's because I'm a lazy piece of shit trying to justify it by pretending this is a tip to make your life easier. Um, that's just what I've settled on at this point in my life. I just can you I can you make an example? Can you can you give me an example of that? Because that sounds like a real recipe for disaster, depending on your personality. <laughs> like well, me, I'd be like, I'm never leaving my house again. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Well. Well, like, okay, so here's an example. Like, um, uh, do I want to, or, you know, I need to get my car fixed. What is the penalty for not acting? Uh, well, my car will, or I don't need to get my car fixed, but for example, I need to change my oil. Well, the penalty for not acting is my car will explode. Okay. Well, what's the penalty for acting? I'm slightly inconvenienced. The penalty for not acting is a lot higher than the penalty Mm. for acting. So I am going to act, you know, I like try to look at what the possible downside is. And if the downside is Wherever the downside is greater, that's the decision I don't make. It's based on aversion. It's an a- <laughs> What about the things that are like could be either way, like you moving to the suburbs or uh, you living in like like moving back to be closer to your family or something like that that could that has its pros and cons? I wouldn't act until there was more urgency yeah. because I don't feel urgency at this point. I, I'm not going to act. If, does that does that make yeah. sense? Urgency is so Urgency. so basically is that what what but what has precipitated your moves, Tien? Because if you had seven, I feel like there was some sort of a more buoyant excitement, some idea of future possibility, or let's do this. It didn't sound like it was urgency oh God, if you move seven Kieran, times you've in a decade. Become the yeah, psychic. what is are you? Yes, <laughs> yeah, truly. Thank you okay. so much. Um, let me Keep thank going. you. I plan to leave this place forever, so I hope you enjoy this. <laughs> let me look at my stars. Um, it was all it was all work related. So like they were all things that I, I kind of, I had, we had to do cause like she mm. would be getting fellowships or I would be getting like a different job that would have like, I needed to be out here for. So it was all, it was all work related things. Hmm. Now, so but you, you, you did things like Rhode Island and like Champaign, Illinois, yeah. which are very um, kind of, you know, not, traditional moves for somebody working in entertainment yeah and you could have chosen to leave your partner yes. but you know I like i'm love. not gonna is that what you're asking me yes. i choose i always choose love <laughs> Preach. oh wow marianne williamson over here <laughs> i always choose um, love above all always else. choose love unless it's too much of a pain in the ass in which case 
choose Bye-bye. to stay, choose to stay home. <laughs> okay, that is all the time we have to talk about decision making fatigue. But I'm sure something adjacent to this will come up again, and uh, we'll bring it up again when that does. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, sanity corner slash I feel petty. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. It's 2024. We're facing another presidential election with huge stakes. You want to help. You don't know where your money will actually make a difference or how to figure that out. Ensure you love to take an edible and not think about it, but you can't because you do care. Let Vote Save America make it easy for you with their new anxiety relief program. Here's how it works. You set up a monthly recurring donation at the level that feels right for you, and Vote Save America will send 100% of it to the grassroots organizations and down-ballot races that need it most. Then, at the end of the month, they'll tell you where your dollars went. That's it. Set it and forget it. Vote Save America has already raised $52,000 in monthly recurring donations. Love it. That's great. From over 1,000 amazing, sustaining donors who've signed up and trusted Vote Save America to make their dollar go further. But we still have a long way to go, and Vote Save America needs your help to get there. Sign up at votesaveamerica.com enjoy your edible <laughs> legal disclaimer paid for by vote save america votesaveamerica.com not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee and we are back Alyssa. yeah we got a, we got a couple announcements for the class before we get into sandy petty it's it's just it's an announcement kind of day it's an announcement kind of day. Um, imagine that our voices are piping through your school intercom. That's exactly what I'm hoping, imagining. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're sitting there in your desks and you're sneaking glances at your crush and hoping he doesn't catch you staring at him or her. Um, okay, so announcements. We have new merch. Mm. New merch. Petty is back and better than ever. We're loving our new Petty sweatshirts. It's so cozy. The sweatshirt will keep you cozy and warm during your next hysteria listening sesh or your next hot girl walk winter version sesh. Uh, Stay warm and wear your cold heart on your sleeve or in your chest. Wear your heart on your chest. That's the saying. With two new colors of your favorite patty sweatshirt, visit crooked.com slash store to get yours. 
Who wants to go first? I'm going to pick arbitrarily. I'll go Kieran. first. Oh, whoops. Oh, well, Tian. T- Tian I'll go I like a positive one. I have a sanity corner one. I recently. Oh, good. good. Yeah, I recently rediscovered these little desserts that I absolutely love, and I want to share them <laughs> with you all. Um, <gasps> the Trader Joe's mini ice cream cones. What? Okay, you know how in grade school you you could buy the like larger yes, ones. Yes, of course. And like. The drumstick. The drumstick, right? Yes. With yeah. the chocolate, With the on, chocolate the on the bottom. Yeah. No, exactly. Yes. But sometimes so I'm like, good. you know, I, I don't want like a full big one after like a big dinner. I just want like a little, I uh, look, I see people are in the chat just saying how much they love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also, someone just said that uh, they have one literally every night and I honestly also do. They are called the Trader Joe's Hold the Cone. That's all they're called. They're called Hold the Cone. Oh. And they're oh. they're like this big. I um I noticed that we're I, I'm, we're on a podcast, so you can't tell. So like uh like four or five inches, and it's just a tiny ice cream cone with a tiny chocolate covered little vanilla scoop, and it's the perfect little bite. And I hope oh, I and I just that. I I I think everyone if if everyone in the world had one hold a cone a night, I think the world would be a better place. Wow, Kieran or Tian, sorry, <laughs> Tian, that is so wholesome. I know That's Kieran's wholesome. looking like fuck you, Tian. <laughs> All I could think in my brain was like, ah, it's one micro penis of dessert. Okay, well now you've just what four to five delicious. inches is uh, okay. delicious. When you were okay. just you were holding it up and you were like, it's four to five inches. Of one this, micro. You know. Okay, well to me it's one enlarged clit of ice cream. Okay, Karen. <laughs> with the balls with the balls on the top and then the little the little the little pointy bit on the bottom. With the tip, it's got a balls and a tip. And that's... then you're like, and eat this every night and it's gonna make the world a better place. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Yeah. I Kieran with her famous British dick joke humor coming you... in hot. You go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if I just Alyssa, became the London correspondent for this show? I would That'd be great start into talking it. in an accent for no reason. <laughs> I would be into you'd probably be the only one in the whole group of us who can do a good do British accent mm-hmm. as you were, you know, you're from there and you probably actually know it better than everyone else. Um okay, uh Alyssa, sanity corner or I feel petty. Petty. I'm very petty this week. Actually, it's not even petty. I think I'm fucking right. Um, I accidentally went on Twitter for the first time in a while, and I found this article about Adam Newman of WeWork fame. Um, If you have watched We Crashed, that all feels very accurate. Um, You guys, he got a $350 million investment. Okay. After, after what he did to WeWork. What he did to WeWork, all the fucking problems WeWork had. He got a $350 million investment. It's not just appalling that he got it. Let me read you what he got it for because it's fucking crazy. Okay. For a company called Flow, which he said would create an elevated experience for renters, Newman explained that his new startup would make make renters, quote, feel ownership over their apartments, though he admitted that the word ownership is very complicated. The founder turned to a toilet metaphor. This is a man who got $350 million. The founder turned to a toilet metaphor to explain one aspect of his idea of ownership. If you're in an apartment building and you're a renter and your toilet gets clogged, you call the super, he said. In contrast, if you're in your own apartment and you bought it and you own it and your toilet gets clogged, you take the plunger. 
what, what does what does that mean? They're renters. <laughs> so you're a renter who then unclogs you can't your, own, your toilet? own toilet. What I'm sorry. Is that about? How could we pick the worst of all worlds? Yeah, yeah. That's like literally toilet. <laughs> Okay, Most I gotta say, well, I, I gotta why say, did I, someone I, give him three hundred and fifty million dollars for that wacky idea. That is a wacky ass idea, and I and I have to just a mini rant here. Uh, as someone who grew up with rural plumbing, a lack of toilet literacy in adults huge red flag for me. I agree like, with you. Huge entirely. red flag. If your toilet, you, if you, I don't care if you rent or own, you have to know how to handle. Very, very basic plumbing concerns. I'm not talking about toilet, getting under the sink. Toilet, dishwasher, and how to unclog a sink. Okay, those three things you should know how to do without the help yeah. of Drano, by the way. You should know mm-hmm, how to sneak mm-hmm, a drain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Indeed. You, you should just know have how to a snake a in your, well, you got a snake in your, yes, when, so Karen, when you were renting, you what, just got a snake in all your houses? Yes. The next time you have a, a, a clogged sink, call me. I'll tell you where to get that snake. I thought I was going to have you fly out, Alyssa. <laughs> His company is just like gaslighting on landlords' behalf. Like, what is that? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? I don't. Yeah, right. Exactly. Actually, it's you do it. Very oh, that's owners. Well, it doesn't make any sense. It makes stupid. No sense. It's stupid. No. God, you do it as a good philosophy. That's actually my philosophy to you, a lot of life. <laughs> you, you do, do it. it is the app. It's the letter U and the words do it. And you do it. You open the app and you type in your problem and it's like you do it. Exactly. <laughs> that was great. That, now that's a $350 million idea. Yeah. It's I'm like, right here. I don't know what to eat this week. You do it. <laughs> I don't know which car to buy. You do it. You do you it. <laughs> it's not my responsibility, bitch. Okay. Uh, I will go next. I haven't. I feel petty and I don't know if this is like petty or not because I actually think it's kind of a big deal. So it comes from a petty a, a stupid pursuit. I was watching Love is Blind. There are new episodes out. I, I watched them. I watched them. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same, same. And Alexa, who is one half of essentially the only successful couple in this last mm. season. Oh. Um, Wait, no, yeah. no, not that. Not the voice. Yeah, yeah. It's the... The, it's the, an actual human woman. And a human woman named Alexa. Okay, great. It is, uh, it's is, important to clarify for those of us who haven't seen the program. Yeah, yeah. A human woman named Alexa is half of uh, one of the, the the only like real successful couple in the season. There's like other couples that I that are like, oof, you guys got some problems. Uh, but they, she seems to be like in a healthy relationship with a man who loves her and they're making it work. They make some choices I wouldn't make, but it's their lives. They can do whatever they want. But she was talking about wanting to have children. And she was talking about it with one of her friends. And she was talking about how after she has kids, she's got to get her like vagina refurbished because like she she just has this, had this idea that having a child like explodes your vagina basically. And I think that that is both wrong and sad the human body was designed to recover from childbirth and the fact that it doesn't is oftentimes indicative of the of a medical institution medical establishment that completely neglects the need for postpartum care like um i think it it's only been in the last 10 years so like sometimes after giving birth uh, women will have some like weakness in their pelvic floor so they'll have difficulty like not peeing when they sneeze or like they they will feel like their orgasms aren't as powerful anymore and that's because they didn't get pelvic floor therapy mm-hmm. which is something you can do after you give birth if the birth was hard on that part of your body it doesn't necessarily have to be hard on that part of your body anyway i think it's such a like shitty 
and retro and also sad assumption that giving birth is just inherently going to screw up your sex life. And the idea that you need to have vaginal rejuvenation after you give birth is some is some fucking patriarchal bullshit. Just <laughs> absolute patriarchal bullshit. I, I don't really like talking about my vagina on this show, but it is doing great. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Pixar didn't happen. And I did. <laughs> All right. Well, get your phone ready, Karen, because they're coming. Um, it, it's, you know, again, birth can cause lasting damage to people. But the fact that it does so frequently is a failing of the medical community. And that is not the problem of people who give birth and people who are worried about their, you know, pelvic health postpartum should feel empowered to seek pelvic floor therapy and not feel like they need vaginal rejuvenation or some dumbass plastic surgery thing. There are professionals out there who can help you and you probably don't need them. But anyway, that's my rant. And I know that it's like not that petty, but it kind of is. No, it I is. I sort of hate the I way. I love that, it. I sort of, I sort of hate the way that we. Is petty. Yeah, the genesis yeah, of the is de- very petty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alexa, you're wrong. This this lady now, I mean, is Alexa's wrong. Is wrong about a lot. Yeah, yeah. Did Alexa's, <laughs> yeah. did Alexa's friend say this to her? <laughs> did Alexa's friend agree with her? I think it's a really widespread, like, piece of misinformation yeah. that people Pun intended. Have. Yeah, like it's, (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's this widespread belief that like somehow having a baby like ruins your vagina, which is just not true. It doesn't have to be true in this fucking bullshit. People need to stop spreading that dumb rumor. Okay, Uh, Kieran, do you want to bring us home? Yeah, I, I, I do want to say on the plus side, at least she only has a platform of millions and millions of people. (laughs) Right, right, So, you know, Um, and then I just wanted to add on to, Alyssa's thing that the only thing that's a greater travesty than Adam Newman getting that money is Jared Leto playing him in the Hulu series, uh, which I don't know if you've seen, but it is. Oh, I watched the whole thing. It's a quiet nightmare of a performance. Um, It was hard to. I couldn't get the first episode. Anne Hathaway as Rebecca is spot on. I mean, yeah. And then that only makes it worse. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) It only makes it worse that she's so good and he's. so bad like he's so bad i'm sorry jared leto it i'm sorry i feel bad but also i don't because you got paid so much and why didn't anyone tell you i couldn't finish we couldn't finish it either i was like this is comical this is comical and the other one that gucci remember the house of gucci that was a mess too what the fuck was going on there jared jared uh what does Jared know about the p- most powerful people in Hollywood? What dark secrets is he holding over their head that keep him getting cast in these roles that he is really out of his depth for? <sighs> the idea oh. of like this character actor who's like just terrible. <laughs> 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 it's just like so funny. He's he was he's so in that, bad. He? He's he's just terrible like it's yeah it's 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 like a it's like they're yes anding a joke (laughs) (laughs) how much worse can it get you know yeah i also think you know collectively we owe anne hathaway an apology i think culturally we were all everyone was so mean to her for so long 
and like, like, why are you so perfect? Oh my God, you smile and are nice on the red carpet. We hate yeah. you. <laughs> you seem to care about doing a good job. You care about doing a good job and you don't try to make your work seem effortless. You 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 seem like somebody who is working hard and trying to do a good job. Yeah. Oh, you, you dumb bitch. <laughs> you dumb bitch. The try hard. Why don't we make the petty about that? This notion, <laughs> there's a cut, like the try hard, the idea that like trying hard is a bad thing or that it's like things look effortless. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing is effortless. And I don't think there's anything more annoying than I know a lot of comics who pretend they didn't do anything. And then it's like, but then you watch them and then they're like reading over their notes and they really give a shit. And you're like, yeah, cunt, because you fucking care. It's your life. <laughs> it's your life. So you care. Like, why is it so, sh- why is that considered so bad to care? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, I've always thought that was like this idea that you're some like effortless genius is, uh, is, I think it's, I think it's stupid. And I also think it's, uh, it's inaccurate, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think people are just hiding how hard they try down to like when I was in, my mom told me that about like when I was in like middle school, I had two, these two best friends and, and, and they'd be like, I didn't study for the test at all. And I was like, I'll come home and I'd be like, God damn mom. Cause that's how I talked back then. I'd be like, (laughs) I'd be like, God damn mom. How come like I'd be working so hard and these bitches are just doing nothing. And she goes, they're lying. They're (laughs) lying to you, Kieran. They're lying. They're trying very hard. And I was like, but why would they lie? And she's like, because people be like that sometimes. (laughs) Which is where our app, You Do It, comes in. (laughs) That's called a callback by a professional comedian who has been performing in front of sold-out audiences. Incredible. Mm. Hear it. Mm. Well, uh, some hysteria think- people came to. Oh, God. We have hysteria people in London. Oh, that's, I love oh, that. That's so great. Yeah. We have, yeah, cool. we've talked about our fans, our listeners before. Maybe they listen and they're not fans, whatever. Listeners. We've talked about our listeners before, and they are the greatest. The They're great. just un- unqualified, the, the greatest. I hope you do um, get to do a live tour at some point because it'll be a blast. Yeah. We'll be surrounded by love and we will probably stay out too late being yes. wine, wine drunk with them because it, they seem like a really fun crew. Um, they're like, it's so funny. Like sometimes I'll be out and about living my life and I will speak and someone will turn around. Same. And, yeah. And it's like, Aww. oh, and they're always so nice. Oh, and they're always so like, it's, it, they're, they're talk, them approaching me is never unwelcome. They're always, so nice. The one time it was know? unwelcome, I was crying in a grocery store because I was pregnant oh. and, and moody. And uh, this person was like, came around the corner and was like, I love your show. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but what's so off-putting sometimes is that you haven't seen the person. They're like behind you because they can hear you. So it's your voice that's being recognized. It's not like you see someone. But I like it when when people recognize my voice when I'm with my husband because he gets very proud of us. Aww. He's like, you guys should be so proud. I love that. Oh, <laughs> well, we That's love a good dude. On that note, let's let's wrap the show up. Listeners, we love you. You know, we love you. Um, you can tweet at us, even though we're not really on Twitter that much anymore. You can use no, the, hyster- really. the hysteria hashtag if you want. But we're both on Instagram. Love and Instagram. I think it's a, it's a friendlier place right now. So mm-hmm. you can go ahead and uh, say hi on Instagram. Uh Tien and Kieran, thank you so much for joining. This was super, super fun. I want to also thank Kefri Riley of Frontline Doulas for joining us for the interview this week. Alyssa Mastromonaco, thank you for being my ride or die. And listeners, again, thanks to you. You guys are the best. And there will be more hysteria for you next week. 
Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Rustin is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer and Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. The show is engineered and edited by Jordan Cantor. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Mia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.